Hello, and welcome to the Procurement Game Changers podcast, brought to you by Consulting Quest. Ever wondered how the leaders get it done? What differentiates them from the rest of us? Let's tune in and learn from the best leaders in the procurement space. You'll get ideas, inspirations, and tactical strategies to innovate your way to a robust procurement practice for added value, profitability, and sustainability. Let's do it. And now over to your host, Helen Lafitte. So welcome to Procurement Game Changers, the podcast for procurement leaders that make a difference. Today, we'll be talking about the impacts of geopolitics on procurement strategy. And to discuss this topic, I'm delighted to welcome Khalid Deep, Group Procurement Category Director at Densplit Sarona, the world's largest manufacturer of professional dental products. Khalid is an experienced procurement leader who has worked in various countries dealing with worldwide vendors. I'm very excited having him on the show to share his insights with us. Welcome to the show, Khalid. Thank you. Happy to be here. So Khalid, could you tell us what led you to procurement? Well, uh, actually, you know, when I started my studies, um, I, was, uh, I was willing initially to, to be a, an engineer, a me- mechanical engineer. So that's uh, where I've been starting uh, with my studies and my journey. And then very quickly, you know, I was, uh, I was like, I'm missing something. I, I, I like, I like the, the contact with the machines <laughs> and the shop floors, but I, I wanted to use this experience as well to... Uh, to be able to discuss with stakeholders, external suppliers, and so on. And that's when I, I decided to, uh, to undertake a, a, a master in procurement, in industrial procurement and supply chain. I've studied abroad in the UK, uh, in Wales, exactly. And then, you know, I, I discovered the world in um, supply chain and procurement that was very interesting. It was, I would say, 15 years, 16 years ago. So it was really the beginning of all global procurement activity, the strategic thinking that we had behind, and it was really fascinating to me. And then I, I decided to, to keep going um, in this journey. And for me, I mean, at least at, at this time, um, uh, the best school was the automotive industry. Um, that's the reason why I moved to this industry, um, not only to learn, but also to, uh, to be able to have the, the best uh, added value. And uh, yeah, I mean, um, I was young. I wanted to, to start walking abroad and uh, had this nice opportunity of uh, walking Japan, which was a, a dreamland for me as well. We know well that uh, a number of, uh, of the best uh, supply chain and production method have been deployed in, in Japan and, and even in, in created and invented in Japan. So for me, it was just like uh, the best opportunity um, to start my career. Because I always have been fascinated by all these uh, concepts of uh, Ishikawa and so on. So that's the reason why I, I moved um, to Asia, working procurement uh, for several years. And then I decided to move back to Europe. Um, and that's where I am now in Germany. Uh, many people would say that uh, Germany is, uh, is the, the Japan of, of Europe. Uh, in some extent, it's right. On some other, it's a bit different. That's where I am now. Yeah. And in the meantime, I changed the industry, moving uh, from the automotive to the medical industry. So, yeah. Yeah, that's probably quite a change, actually. Um, so we, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we all know the major events that are occurring throughout the globe. We, of course, we have COVID. We had the the Suez Canal. 
we had the, the war now with, between Russia and Ukraine. We had tariff wars earlier um, uh, between the US and China, for instance, and between the US and EU. Uh, we have Brexit. So a lot of things are happening and some countries even change their regulation and impose restrictions that impact international trade. So geopolitics plays obviously a huge role in defining the course of global procurement. How exactly does geopolitics affect global procurement? Yeah, just as you said, right now, more than ever, um, geopolitics plays a, a, a very high, let's say, uh, impact on, on how we buy how we select suppliers, how we, we even set up our supply chain. But it has always been the case, in fact. And if we look back at the history, um, when people were trading, this, this has always been um, a point of discussion. You know, when we were exchanging materials or sp spices uh, from one continent to another, they were taking some roads, avoiding others uh, because of threats, you know. So risk has always been let's say in the, in the whole history of, of trading has always been a, a major driver uh, to decide what source we need to select and how we will get this material. And I think now, of course, um, the number of, let's say, geopolitical issues that we are facing, but not only, there is a number of issues in regards to environment, climate, which are impacting the choice. We know that um, the, there is the global warming that will have a, a very severe impact on many, many countries. And all those things are, are obviously elements that we need to consider when, when sourcing materials or sourcing parts or even on the indirect material side. So um, talking about, let's say, the recent events in Ukraine and Russia, of course, we know that in Ukraine, you have a lot of developers uh, working on software development. So when things like this happen and your team is located in Kiev or your partner is located in Kiev, what do you do? You know, we all have to raise those questions before it happens. Uh, but it's nothing new. Um, it's just that uh, uh, things are getting faster. Uh, but we always had to take into consideration these elements. And historically, I would say the most successful nations are the ones who have been able to manage uh, the best, all those risks. So uh, right now, it's a mix of geopolitical issues, whether it is uh, what we see right now in, in Ukraine and Russia, but not only. Uh, we have uh, uh, a lot of areas in the world where uh, production is at risk or the finance is at risk. Um, if we source, for instance, uh, cobalt, okay, cobalt is dominated by Congo. So any political change in this country would affect drastically uh, the supply, uh, because we see those materials are also uh, very volatile. There's a lot of speculations as well going on the commodity. So the second thing to, to try to understand what we are in the procurement is first, obviously, to anticipate all those risks, or at least to deal with it. But second, to understand what is the real impact of those changes in what we buy and what is related to really purely to the speculation. And that's a very difficult exercise because no one can say, for instance, um, if we take material like precious metals, um, golds or palladium or others, uh, yeah, definitely we know what is costing us the extraction of the raw material from the mines and then the, the process and so on. But it will be a part of the price which is always uh, regulated by the market and the market is purely the speculation. Um, so these are two 
very important elements in, in my opinion to have in mind. Um, and now I think that more than ever, uh, the procurement function, they, they need to, um, to deal with this uncertainty. We often hear about anticipation and we have to anticipate, of course, as much as we can, but anticipation is not the only uh, trigger uh, right now. I think we need to be agile. Uh, we need to react quickly. And the way we will set up our supply chain or procurement organization needs to be flexible enough to be able to react when there is an event that we could not foresee that we could not anticipate. Mm -hmm. The risk of having a structure which is too rigid will not allow us to react quickly. And I've seen it too often. I mean, we see sometimes very big companies having very strong organization, but uh, too rigid. And then uh, when any impact is coming, then it's difficult to address it. Uh, I will just take an example. Um, in the electronic world, there is uh, what we call uh, MLCC, so multi-layer ceramic capacitors, very small, small parts, uh, just the size of a rice kern. When you don't have that, you stop the production. So you can have the most robust and uh, let's say the most knowledgeable team everywhere in the world, as long as you did not anticipate this in, in your needs, in the potential impact that you would have in the coming years, then you stop the production and you don't have any parts. So just, just one size, you know, just a current size mm -hmm. will just stop your whole production. So it really goes beyond the procurement. It's a thinking that we need to have at our company level, how we set up, let's say, uh, the goals uh, that we want to achieve and the setup that we want to have as a company to be able to address this um this situation which is more and more uncertain so um risk mitigation uh business continuity plan anticipation are really important but i think in my opinion in view of of the current world where we live it's not enough uh, we need to be agile and we need to have a setup that will allow us to be uh agile enough to uh, to react to those events um and this is what i, I have noticed in my in my career, I was in, in Japan when we had the Fukushima issue. And something was really interesting in, in Japan is that, uh, and many, many people would say, yeah, it's, you know, we have very, uh, very high standards. Everything is clearly set up and we have uh, a process for every single thing. But in the same time, they are very agile um, when it comes to a crisis. Uh, because it's a nation that has always been living with crisis. Um, they have earthquakes, you know, like that probably means. every month or every week, or I don't know, depending on intensity. Uh, they are an island. Um, I would say um, most of the population are, are living on the coast. So they, they know how to react when something happens. And something that surprised me a lot is that when we had this issue, uh, customers, and suppliers really work together um, to face those problems and to solve them. Uh, I saw customers being in our factory work in the production because they understood that it was the common interest to keep the production running and to secure the business for all of them, uh, whether it is for their suppliers or for, for the customer. So then the, the, the paradigm is, is changing. The relationship between supplier and customer is, is for a while just becoming something totally different. We, we 
put on hold, we change and we adapt to what we are facing. And I think that's a great example on how we should be uh, walking. We need to be agile and we, we should not be afraid of really um, being disruptive when it is needed. Uh, we need to uh, really think differently the way we work with our partners, whether they are internal stakeholders, suppliers, customers, um, because at the end of the day, we want to have uh, uh, a robust and sustainable uh, business that will, uh, that will help and be a, a source of revenue for all partners for the coming years. Um, and if we fail, definitely um, everyone will be impacted. So that's very important. No, I, I agree. And, and you share um, an example of, of what happened. Do you have an example where you, as a procurement leader, you took measures to overcome a geopolitical event? Yeah, I mean, you know, for instance, on the on the precious metals, um, we know that some countries are dominating the market. Um, like if we take palladium, obviously uh, Russia is playing a major role. If we talk about cobalt chromium, uh, Congo is definitely uh, one of the biggest players in the world. So we need to be ahead of that. And we need to see, first of all, what alternative material we can use versus those standard materials. And we should not neglect any lever. If, if we can have alternative for five, 10% of those materials that are rare, and that we know that, I would say, even putting aside that only some nations are dominating the market, we know that this is a rare commodity. So it will be a time where we will not have it anymore. Um, so we need to develop alternatives and we need to be uh, agile enough to to be able to address the, the whole market. So we need to diversify the sources that we use uh, when pro we procure those uh, materials. And this is exactly what we have been doing. So there is not a single source that we are ignoring. We are listening to every single partner who has to offer uh, the material or this alternative. And thanks to that, we have been able to mitigate those risks uh, because those risks are coming, let's say, every month, every year. Uh, if it is not in, in one side of the world, it will be on the other side of the world. And then uh, we have at least a balance uh, between the, the, the suppliers or, or the partners that we are working with. And this is uh, absolutely key. You know, it's the, the way I see it is more or less how we handle an investment you know, or, or your capital um, as an individual. Procurement is nothing different than that you know we often say that okay you should not put all your eggs in the same basket and this is very valid you know um, you will probably invest in real estate you will probably keep some money in your bank you will probably i don't know and, and contract a pension or and you are diversifying as an individual because you care about your capital and that's the same that, that's we should really think the same way when when we handle a uh, a, a category or a commodity and whether it is in, in the indirect material or the direct material is exactly the same way. Diversifying doesn't mean only to diversify um, the type of supplier you have, but diversification is also geographical diversification, the type of suppliers, the type of materials, the type of contracts we have. Uh, we may want or we may need sometimes, and this is what we have, uh, to have a spot buy or a long-term contract or a mid-term contract or booking only 50% uh, 
and then edging the, the rest of the 50%. And that's what I mean by being uh, agile and by diversifying um, uh, the way uh, we, we, we engage our suppliers, the way we contract and the way we buy at the end of the day. That's absolutely key because very often we would say, okay, yeah, but for the last 10 years, I never had any issue. So the risk level of having something happening is very low. Yeah, true. But when the 11th year you have this problem, the cost of having this problem will be much higher than the 10 years revenue that you secure. So maybe one more thing is really not to be too short term. We need to be in a, in a long-term vision, in a long-term strategy. Uh, and, and some countries like China, for example, they are in a long-term strategy. You know, They are not in the two, three years ahead. They, they always secure and set up their, their process and the way they, they source and manufacture or the way they set up their supply chain and, and they engage with other, other countries is always in a, in a spirit of, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, and even beyond that. Uh, because in fact, everything is subjective. Uh, we can have a good performance for five years, but if you take the 10 years, the results will be completely different. It's just like the exchange rate, you know? It depends on what reference you take at the end of the day. No, absolutely. I hear something in what you say that I found very interesting. You said that uh, you need to listen. And um, so it means that as procurement leaders, we have to anticipate to be agile. We need to understand what are the different alternatives could you know, um, screen the market and so on, but also connect with the business lines, in particular production, uh, but also innovation, marketing in order to be ahead of the curve. And then also connect with the suppliers and build a relationship. What I mean by that is that the procurement leaders is not only uh, that executing um, function, but has also a lot to do with building relationship, anticipating. It's much more strategic and relationship-based than, than it was in the past. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. In fact, and it's a very good point. I, I totally agree. In fact, as a, as a procurement leader, you need to capture those innovations, those way of walking, you know, I talked about disruption, disruptive way of handling something. And when I say something, it's, it's just because uh, procurement is, is not only price, it's not only uh, logistic, it's, it goes really beyond. And as a procurement leader, you cannot be the expert of everything. So you have to be surrounded by the best partner who will advise you, you know, and you have you have to listen to them because if you specialize in digital marketing, for instance, or if you specialize in plastic injection, uh, you do it eight hours a day for the last 20 years, 30 years, sometimes 100 years, depending on the company. So you probably have a lot of things. And plus, you work with many different customers. So it's very important, in my view, to always be humble as a procurement leader and to always be um, listening to what we can potentially learn from partners, from suppliers, from the market, from our internal stakeholders, and to take what will benefit the best to the company. So if I have this very strong idea, innovation, that will definitely help my company to add value, I pick it up. Mm -hmm. I pick it up and I bring it internally. 
So, and that's for me, that this is what makes the difference um, between a, a major procurement organization or let's say uh, an organization which is ahead in the market and the one uh, that are, uh, let's say, more reactive to the market. Um, and yes, it takes time, um, but we need to do that. And not all ideas will be implemented, but this is super important because just as you said, if we want to be ahead of, of the issues we will face, or if we want to gain on efficiency, if we want to be faster, if we want to, um, to really get those added values, uh, we need to capture them. And to capture them, we need to listen to the partners who are specialized into um, uh, those uh, uh, topics uh, that we are uh, addressing. And again, this is really a principle that we can implement on anything we buy, whether it is a commodity or, or, or service, it applies the same way, exactly the same way. Uh, and it's not easy because, um, you know, the current situation, everyone is, is very busy. I think everyone has a lot to do. So um, I would say maybe one difference, if we look back 20 years ago and, and now everything goes faster, uh, and we cannot afford the same time as before. Uh, but this is something that we need to plug in our agenda, in our respective agenda, to learn from the market, to read what's going on, to, to listen, to attend uh, um, events and so on, um, to be ahead of, of, of the issues. Because as we often say, you know, information is, uh, is the key for, for success. Uh, and bringing the right information to our company will help our company to be even more successful. And this. This is our role as procurement leader uh, to promote the best innovation, the best solution to our company uh, and to make sure that uh, uh, then we are ahead of the market, ahead of our competitors, and that at the end of the day, um, uh, we secure the, um, the organization. So let's imagine we have one of our listeners who wants to get started and they want to be you know, more resilient to geopolitical events. Where should they start? That's a tough question. And we discussed about the reason why I moved to procurement. But in fact, I'm thinking about as a student, you know, when I was in college, I always loved history and, and geographical. So I, I was fascinated by those lectures. And I, I always, you know, like to learn about the civilization, the way the trading was, was done in the history, how nations have been developed and so on. So I think it starts from there. I think you need to have a, a strong uh, culture, a strong understanding of how the world is organized, how the nations are working. You need, uh, you need to, to understand the world we live in, what are the main changes, uh, how things are moving around, and, and what can potentially impact the scope you have. Okay. Yeah, Whether you know, it reminds me of that TV series in France that was called The Dessous des Cartes. I don't know if you remember this one. No, no. Ah, yeah. No, no, you're right. Yeah, you're exactly. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember, and that's a very, yeah, it's a very good example. Le Dessous des Cartes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. That's exactly the way we have to, to start. Yeah, so looking at historical events, looking at how it has shaped the relationship between countries, between uh, ethnies between uh, people and then look at why it explains partially what is happening today and what are the different things that you know shape the world we're in today i think this is, i think you're right it's a very good starting point so being aware 
uh, and yeah. be curious, actually. Being aware and be curious about that. Yeah, exactly. Be curious. That that's a very you know important thing. And what is happening, uh, at least from a geopolitical standpoint, as well as roots from the history. Mm-hmm. You know, everything is always connected, and there is not a single war crisis where we will not find roots in the history. Okay, we will always find it. So understanding that. It's super important to know how far it can go and how far it can impact you and your category that you are managing. Having that in mind, then you have to see what are the alternatives. What alternatives we have, this is the very uh, important second step, always to think what alternatives I have to mitigate the risk of what I'm doing. That's a very good point. You know, I was working. Uh, a a few years back with um, a Saudi company. And um, and so we were sourcing consulting firms. And obviously there there were conflict at the time between Israel and Saudi Arabia. And there are very strong consulting firms in Israel, very good ones. In particular in the space they were looking for, but that was a no-no. So we needed to find some Arabic speaking consultants Fortunately, we have in North Africa and in Europe, we have some uh, very good uh, consulting firm with Arabic speaking consultants. But th- th- these things mean that reduce the scope of what you can do when you have enmities like this between countries. And, um, and I agree, this is, uh, this is important to understand the reasons because there's no way around, right? No, you have to be prepared. You have to understand the constraints. And then, you know, depending on, on what you handle, your alternatives might be just few alternatives, but you have to leverage mm-hmm. uh, and to activate the alternatives that you have because you, you have two options. Either you block the whole process or you activate those levers and you keep moving forward. And sometimes we have to make choice. Sometimes the alternatives we have are not probably not the best one, but they will help us to keep going Okay, not to reach the goal that we initially had, but to keep moving. So it's always a question of, of what do we want, you know? I mean, from a risk point of view, is it better to achieve 50% of mm. what we were supposed to achieve because we have no other choice in regards to the situation, in regards to the alternative we have, or to run the, the risk of keep going the way we go, but we don't know how long it will last. Maybe yeah, it's a, year. a trade-off. It's always a trade-off. It's always a trade-off. And that's why I'm saying, coming back to the point, it's an investment. Procurement is an investment. The way you handle your category is the way you, inv- you manage your capital. If you don't manage your capital well, you may have problems. So now it's time to wrap up. So if there's one thing, just one, because you've been very inspired today, and that was extremely interesting, but now we want just one thing for our listeners to remember. What would that be? Be curious and listen, okay? Um, open your eyes, keep your ears wide open and uh, get what needs to be uh, done for your company to secure the business on the long run. This will be my take from uh, today's discussion. And this is what I would advise you or anyone who would like to, um, let's say, um, 
be engaged a little bit more on, in geopolitics. It's all about that. It's all about information and picking up the right thing at the right moment for a specific needs that you have. And it's a balance at the end of the day. So you need to find the right balance. Or maybe this would be the, the, the world balance. That's a, that's a very good one. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your time, Khalid. That was very interesting. So right. now it's your turn to tell us about your experience and challenges in the comment sections. Don't forget to subscribe if you want to be notified when a new episode is out. Thank you for listening. Thank you again, Khalid, for your time. Thank you. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if that's the case, you give us a thumbs up. Happy sourcing to everyone. Bye. Au revoir. Bye. And that's a wrap for this episode of our Procurement Game Changers series. But we'll soon be back with yet another exciting session with one of the movers and shakers from the procurement space. Meanwhile, remember to visit our website at consultingquest.com for more consulting updates and procurement know-how and join us on Twitter, Facebook, or LinkedIn. Until then, goodbye from the entire Consulting Quest family. Have a great day.